Hello, and welcome to the QCS General Practice Podcast, empowering GP practices with the latest expert insights. I'm Tracy Green, Head of Primary Care, and today I've got the pleasure of talking with my colleague, Alison Lowerson. Ali is the GP Policy Lead at QCS, and in this episode, we'll be talking about staff immunisations. At the beginning of March, the NHS confirmed that 9 out of 10 staff had been immunised against COVID-19. It's widely known, however, that not everyone wants to have a vaccine, and that does include some healthcare staff. So today, we'll be discussing the issue of staff who don't want to be vaccinated, how to address the issue, and briefly mentioning the difficulties of planning ahead for future vaccination campaigns. Hi, Alison. Hi, Tracy. So thanks for joining me today, Ali. The argument around whether or not to have a COVID vaccine has caused some controversy, particularly around healthcare staff who haven't yet had the vaccine. So why don't some staff want to have the jab? It is a good question, and I understand the so-called vaccine hesitancy, including by healthcare staff, because some people believe it's unnecessary, ineffective, or even unsafe. And while some who have these concerns can be reluctant to have the vaccine, they may even refuse to have it at all. But vaccine hesitancy isn't actually new. It's just the pandemic has created the ideal conditions for mistrust of the COVID vaccine, sadly. But it's important to keep people regularly updated so they can make an informed decision and they must have the opportunity to change their mind and have the vaccine if they want it. Okay, so why don't even some healthcare staff trust the vaccine that's taken such a lot of effort to be rolled out and so successfully done so in the UK? It's been phenomenal what's been achieved so far. And it's not necessarily that some healthcare staff are so-called anti-vaxxers that we hear of, but that can be controversial in itself. But they do have fears, like some of the general public do, about the speed in which the COVID vaccines have been developed and without fully knowing the long-term side effects of the vaccines. Plus, of course, the recent concerns about blood clots after the first dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine in particular has caused a further great deal of unease. However, there are alternative vaccines available, such as the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine and the Moderna vaccine, which can be offered as an alternative, and some may feel are safer. But we should put it into context and regularly remind everyone that getting a blood clot from the vaccine is extremely rare, and the risk of not having the jab by far outweigh any possible side effects. And just as a reminder, guidance on the COVID-19 vaccines can be found in the Green Book, Chapter 14A, and it is regularly updated when it needs to be with the different vaccines. That's great. And we know things are just changing so quickly, aren't they? So yeah. what other guidance is there out there about immunisation of healthcare staff? Okay, under the Health and Social Care Act, Regulation 12 relates to safe care and treatment, and GP practices must ensure that staff receive the immunisations that are appropriate for their role because it's important to protect individuals and their family, protect patients and other service users, in particular those who are vulnerable and immunosuppressed. But it's important to protect colleagues and other healthcare staff and allow for the efficient running of services without disruption. And GP practice should be able to show that an effective employee immunisation programme is in place. Yeah, absolutely. So what do practices need to do to be able to demonstrate this? Okay, all employees should be able to have an occupational health assessment and new employees should be given the opportunity for a pre-employment health assessment, which needs to take place after the job offer and before the start of their employment. 
And it's important that practices keep records of their staff immunisation status as well. But everyone who has direct contact with patients, including reception and admin staff, should be up to date with their routine, routine immunisations, such as tetanus, MMR and diphtheria. And they should be offered the annual vaccine uh, for influenza. But of course, some staff may need further vaccinations, particularly if they've got direct contact with patients' blood or bloodstained bodily fluids, such as uh, from patient samples or sharps. These vaccinations include hepatitis B and the varicella chickenpox vaccine. Yeah, lots of vaccinations we're quite used to in general practice and, and having those. So I noticed, Ali, you mentioned the annual flu vaccine and there's an annual flu campaign every year. So what can we learn from the flu season that we could take forward with COVID and, and vice versa, of course? Well, each year we have flu, but before 12 months ago, we had never really heard of COVID. The number of reported flu cases decreased last year, most likely due to a combination of shielding, self-isolating and the general public observing infection prevention and control regulations during the COVID pandemic. When someone performs a COVID test, either using a lateral flow device or from a PCR test, the result must be reported to enable public health to monitor the infection and transmission rates. However, if someone has flu and they self-treat without any medical intervention, it's not reported. So perhaps think public health could consider a similar testing for flu cases, which might help to track infection and transmission, particularly during the winter months when we're expecting a double whammy of COVID and flu. Plus, it would help to distinguish the statistics to help with future vaccine programme doses and planning. That's all really interesting. And I wonder if public health may take that forward. That that could be very useful, couldn't it? Mm. So where we are now, how does a practice address an employee's hesitancy in having a vaccine? It can be a tricky situation, but firstly, the practice should hold one-to-one meetings with staff who are unsure whether or not to be immunised. And these discussions, which are usually led by nurses, should be informal and light touch and just to explore the reason why the individual is reluctant. It should then be followed by a risk assessment to help the employee understand the benefits and risks of occupational exposure to a serious vaccine-preventable disease at the end of the day, and also to improve their knowledge and confidence in vaccination programmes. Under the COSH regulations, employers actually have a legal duty to assess the risk of infection for employees. So the risk assessment will show that the employer has taken suitable precautions to protect the health of their employees. Yeah, of course. So in England, there is that. Uh, and in the UK, there is that 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 need for employers to show they've c- continued to carry out risk assessments and to protect their teams. So what, what policies and procedures can GPs and practice managers who are reviewing the immunisation of their staff utilise from QCS? So we've created the staff immunisations policy and procedure. And that will ensure that all staff, including locums and temporary workers, understand the reasons for immunisation and that they're aware of the requirement for reducing exposure to vaccine-preventable diseases. The policy also enables um, our customers to adhere to current legislation and regulations, as well as evidence-based recommended practice in relation to infection control and health and safety at work. But also our induction policy and procedure covers requirement to check and record the immunisation status of new staff. And we've produced a staff immunisation risk assessment template to help identify the hazards from 10 different vaccine preventable diseases, review the required control measures and then create an action plan. 
That's all really great. So we've talked about future COVID and flu planning. What challenges might practices face this coming winter? Well, in the next few months, it's likely that practice will face far greater challenges than overcoming vaccine hesitancy among staff. With a majority of COVID jabs in the UK currently carried out by GPs, the main question is where will practices find the time and the resources and, of course, the funding to continue with this vaccine programme and carry out the annual flu campaign from October, now that over 50s will also be eligible. But it's almost impossible to know the rates of flu and COVID infections in the future, especially now we have a vaccine and infection control measures in place and that they're much improved. But we have a flu planning checklist and a COVID vaccination toolkit available for our customers to use. And we have a rotor template in our staff rotor and staff availability policy, which will help with staff planning. Oh, that's fantastic. So this really busy time, really challenging time. There's lots and lots of content that QCS can, can help GPs and practice managers with. Thanks, Ali. And, and I really hope that's been useful to all of our listeners. Thank you for listening today. To find out more about QCS, please visit qcs.co.uk forward slash GP podcast.